Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. Well, if you're like most of us, you promised yourself, I am not going to be like my parents. And yet, if you're a parent, you have undoubtedly become like your parents. You've made some of the same mistakes, and you might have made a few of your own along the way as well. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta. He's the Vice President of Parenting and Youth here at Focus on the Family. And today we're going to hear from Pastor Jim Putman and his father, Bill. Uh, Jim tried to correct his parents' mistakes in his life, but realized that he couldn't guarantee a perfect childhood for his own kids. Let's go ahead and listen now to that conversation. You had, as a prodigal son yourself, and then becoming committed to Christ and following Christ, you also had a prodigal son. Yeah, it's interesting because I thought, all right, my dad did such a great job in some aspects. He swung the pendulum to the love side away from the authoritarian side. And I had always thought if he would have just would have been tough enough to stop me, I would have stopped. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep the love side, but I'm going to bring back the authoritarian side. And I'm going to do the, I'm going to bring it to the middle. And if I do it right, then my kid's not going to deal with everything that I So you with. had the formula. I had the formula. <laughs> and what that worked out. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, at a very young age, some things that happened in my son's life. Uh, he was molested by a female babysitter. Oh, and, my goodness. And, uh, you know, because I would never let my sons be, unguar- you know, with men or with, you know, I was so protective. We did everything right. Well, things got in that I knew I didn't know anything about, and pretty soon he's dabbling. I, I actually protected what he—I moved him to a school where a Christian friend was there, but I didn't know the Christian friend introduced drugs to him. Oh, my goodness. And so all these things that I had done—again, you can't fight spiritual battles with physical tools. The devil—we make our formulas, but we forget the devil is crafty. He's maneuvering. He's sneaking in behind you, and uh, and he did. And so my son— started to do drugs at about 14. And the drugs that, that they did do today are different than the ones they did back then yeah. when I was growing up. They, they'll catch you, and they're on you, and they'll hook you. Yeah. And then there were people that were like, hey, you know, your dad is, you know, a big church in the area, well-known. We're going to give you the pastor's son discount. And so they started feeding my son drugs at a very early age. And so after two rehabs, and finally living in a homeless shelter, talking to the oh trees goodness. on drugs, you know, in the middle of the winter with no shoes and no shirt, lost his mind, uh, you know, and my wife have to let him live in a homeless shelter. That's where he decided it was time for him. Uh, but what I had learned and w- the help I got was, you know, I had wise counsel. I had my dad. I had all these people speaking in my life that I could be real with. And again, I would say what we did, we did right, other than there were times where I would get so frustrated and angry that I, I made mm-hmm. wrong choices, but there was quick turnaround, but it didn't matter. You can do your part. God's going to do his part. If they won't do their part, then you're going to end up in this place where eventually they have to choose that. What were those wrong choices to help the listener? Uh, because again, in part what we're doing here is being vulnerable to to kind of educate and help others understand a better way. So what were those wrong well, choices? The, the one that stands out to me the most, that I regret the most, uh, was uh, he's 17. He, he didn't graduate from high school, he's, but he's uh, supposed to be doing finals. He's doing drugs. Uh, he doesn't show up overnight. He comes to the house, and we confront him, and he, he says some things to me, which I was used to, but then he, he got vicious with my wife. 
and I lost it. Verbally or verbally, physically? Verbally, yeah. And I said some things, and I knocked him out cold. Huh. You know, I hadn't struck anyone in violence in 25 years. It was just that trigger. Yeah, when he said that to my wife, and it was a buildup of all the stuff, all the shame, all the stuff with the police, all the, you know, you feel shame, you feel guilt, you feel frustration, you know, all the, the, the battle between me and my wife. Well, that's one of the big battles that we talk about in the book is we had to get on the same page, my wife and I, and one of the hardest things up to that point is we could not get on the same page. What, w- what created that opportunity for you? Well, what, when I, it was a Saturday night, and I'm preaching on the family. Yeah. And uh, I called the guy and I said, I just knocked out my, t- called my elders and I called uh, one of my staff and I said, you got you to gotta take over. I can't preach. And what had happened was, is my wife was enabling and I was trapped in my own house. She would not let me kick him out. And we were not on the same page. And I felt trapped. No excuses. I knocked him out. And uh, I just told the guys, I'm done. And I wrote my resignation letter. And I brought it, brought it in on Monday to the elders, and they said, what are you talking about? Because I had shared with them every step of the way, all the stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd sold my house to pay for rehab. He's sober for a while. He has a kid out of wedlock. All the things that go, go on in all this. And I, I just felt um, trapped. I, I didn't feel worthy. I, and I had counsel. I'm so grateful I had my dad and everybody else. But I, they said, we're not taking your resignation. Right. And we're going to help you. You're going to step back. And I said, I'm, I can't get on the same page with my wife. So they actually sent me and my wife to a week-long counseling thing that finally got me and my wife. My wife was finally able to understand me. Hmm. And I was finally understand, able to understand why she would not draw the line, even though this was starting to affect my younger kids. My younger kids, their brother was their hero. I'm not, I'm not only losing my oldest son right now, I'm potentially losing my younger sons. And that got us on the same page. Well, Danny, uh, Jim is describing a very tough parenting situation, and there are things like that where spouses are not on the same page. What's your advice for trying to attain some unity and some cohesion during parenting challenges like that? You want to encourage one another. I mean, that, that really is a, is, this is a tough thing, John. It's easy to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there are different personalities, different yeah. experiences, different opinions. You add to that pride that comes into the mix. And you can go to the basics, which are humility and grace, have to be key ingredients for, for, for a couple to go into and to figure out what is our goal with our child, regardless of age and stage, right? If it's an adult child or a teen child, you have to figure out what is our ultimate goal and how do we team up to get there. That's an important conversation to have up front because then it makes a difference on what technology, what entertainment is allowed, what music, uh, what, what friends, what boundaries are there. But if you don't have a goal and you just go by what you're used to being parented by or how your parents taught you or what other parents are doing, it's going to be real loosey-goosey and you guys are going to be arguing with one another, and one may be a little bit more uh, permissive and the other one much more uh, rule-oriented, and then one looks like the bad guy and resents the other. Your love starts to wane. You go against each other, and there's division in the home, and Mm -hmm. that creates a ripple effect, a cascading ripple effect where you do both do poor parenting and your child suffers. And so you you need to come together and figure out what are we trying to do? What is the purpose of us 
being in this role of parents, how does that transform us as a couple? And it can deepen your love or it can really divide it up. So yeah. know that Satan is, is about division, and the way that we can go completely against that is to bring the word humility into the center of our mm. home and relationship and begin there. So I would recommend a couple listen carefully to one another, figure out the goal, and then encourage one another. I, we, those words of fueling and noticing what you're doing well, supporting each other, and then talking off to the side if you disagree on something, mm-hmm. those are key habits to have in the home. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've talked a little bit, I think, about our special needs son and some of the challenges. And there were times when, you know what, I was obviously in manage him mode, and I was mm-hmm. this overbearing person. And then I'd turn to my wife and I'd do it to her too. And I'd have Mm. to say, I'm sorry, you're not the enemy. I'm just, I'm just really upset right now. And, and, and try to, you know, make good on the relationship, both with him for losing it and her. Mm -hmm. Um, So we we had to realize and give each other permission to say, we're on the same team here. (laughs) Uh, We have different thoughts about this. Let's pray about it. And I don't mean that as a as a, hey, just, just pray about that. I mean, <laughs> That's right. praying about it and having some space and time often helped us kind of get back together on on the approach that we were going to have. So. And that's a day-to-day, moment-to-moment oh. thing. I mean, we're still growing my home. My wife is much more about the rules, black and white. I'm more, hey, it's gray. Let's have some fun. And that's unfair to her if she's established a boundary, yeah. if I come and disagree. So it's important to really know one another, come together, and like you said, pray for each other. Yeah, kids need us to be consistent and together as parents. And so, uh, you know, if this is something that is uh, really at the heart of a a struggle you're going through uh, right now, call us. Uh, We have caring Christian counselors. We'll be happy to set up a time for one of them to give you a call back. They are so good. I've used their services. Danny, you were on the counseling team uh, for a number of years here at Focus before you stepped into the current role you have. Um, Love what what the counselors do. They're here for you. Our donors make it possible for them to have an initial consult with you. So please reach out to us. Let us help and uh, point you to some good resources. Our number is 800-A-FAMILY. Now, speaking of resources, a couple of things come to mind. One uh, certainly would be the book by Pastor Jim Putman and his father, Pastor Bill Putman, called Hope for the Prodigal. Uh, And we'll send a copy of that to you when you make a gift of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. And then uh, we have a free parenting assessment to help you kind of understand if you're on different pages or on the same page in terms of your parenting approach. That's free. We'll link over to that in the episode notes. Now, we've improved our notes. We want your user experience to be good. And so uh, we've put some effort into making the platforms better for you. And we'll encourage you to explore the notes to uh, find the resources mentioned on today's show and additional helps. Next time, we'll discuss what to do and what not to do when your child reveals some doubts about their faith. Uh, For now, I'm John Fuller. On behalf of Danny and the team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. 